Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is Cues of the Force. Why cues? Because it's more fun than just saying the word questions. This is our Q&A show. You have provided some cues, and Ken and I are happy to provide some A's. Didn't think about how that sentence was going to end. Anyway, I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. It ended just fine. This is a show about questions, not the quartermasters for James Bond, uh, who are also in Star Wars. Uh, we could do that one as well. Yes, uh, we'll be having our special guest, Major Boothroyd, very, very soon to talk about all of the James Bond gadgets in Star Wars. Uh, already off the rails. Anyway, how are you, Ken? 
I have great, wonderful questions. Uh, great with a, a quotation marks around it. You know, hey, we're here to have some fun talking stuff. Exactly. And as we always want to let you know before we get into the fun, uh, we want to let you know about the possibility of even more fun. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week, we are recommending Mission to Disaster by Justina Ireland, the next High Republic adventure. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, audibletrial.com slash force center for a free audio book, but there is still more. There's still more indeed. Another offer we have, said Yoda. Inside Editions, publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books, is offering 35% off across their website. If you use this special link, insideeditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we're recommending the Inside Editions book, the mini book of lightsabers. Do you like lightsabers? Do you like books that are kind of tiny in a fun way this is the book for you i absolutely love it the mini book of lightsabers again use the link inside editions.com slash discount slash fc35 excellent so check out that mini book for not mini joy huge joy huge amounts of joy from mini book of lightsabers speaking of joy we are going to get into our questions as always we have two from twitter and two from our patrons on patreon we are going first to twitter uh ken we are hearing from Stephen m here is what Stephen has to say do you think obi-wan knew when he saw the death star that he wasn't going to survive the mission <laughs> I, I don't know why I chose to read that with a real sense of doom, but I, I did. I guess I was really trying to hype up this question. It's a great question. Uh, but where do you go with that? Do you think Obi-Wan knew when he saw that that was not a moon, that that was his destiny? This is this is great, Stephen. I, so I, I kind of like this thought that's going around Obi-Wan's head of, hey, always in motion, motion the future is. But... <laughs> That he's had this thought going around his head the moment he finds Luke and R2, maybe even in the days up, you know, leading up to that. What 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 is he feeling from the force? And he's kind of, I don't think he's like, mm, my hero's journey is coming to an end. I am the <laughs> mentor in this other hero story. I don't think he's got those thoughts, but I gotta you know, be out of here by the third act. Yeah. Yeah, I need to I'm I the hero must learn after after I go. I, yeah, I, but I think I think he's got a sense that this is not gonna be easy. But I love what Steven's saying here of that moment played so well by Sir Alec Guinness seeing the Death Star and realizing, well, I might never get a drink at Chalman's Cantina again. This might be it. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. I think it is near there, but I, I think it is not. I don't think the Death Star is the moment that he connects with that. Um, mm-hmm. I love what you're, you're saying. I think um, we've already heard that the Obi-Wan Kenobi comic book is going to play with that, of sensing that that a shift is coming. Um, I think just watching uh, A New Hope, that there is a, a sense that he is aware of this convergence of events that he's been waiting for, right? Uh, mm-hmm, that the mm-hmm. Jedi are going to go into hiding until the time is right. And I think he is sensing that yeah, it's time for the change. It's time for the next generation. It's not subtle. The droid is back. <laughs> yeah. R2 is back. Uh, and Luke seems ready on the cusp. Uh, uh, fate, destiny, the will of the force has brought his sister almost to his doorstep that, oh boy, th- this this is the time. There's even that look on Obi-Wan's face after the message from Leia plays, right? And mm-hmm. he kind of decides to engage with Luke, right? Yeah. Um. So I feel like he knows that, okay, this is the moment of change. This is... You know, we've been in hiding until the time is right. 
now's the time, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then I think, you know, on the Falcon, he's he's focused on, you know, his missions, the the practical one, get the plans to Alderaan, uh, and really probably more even more important to him, guiding Luke in his first steps. Yeah. And I feel that like kind of that heaviness when he sees the Death Star, I, I feel for me, with all the storytelling of Star Wars that has happened since then, it's the weight of like, oh wow, they really built something that large, that destructive, you know. The this full, is Palpatine's Endgame. Yeah, the full picture of what of what they're up against, right? He just thought, oh, I just got to get the plan. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, to actually see it. Well, look at the size of that thing, right? Cut the chatter, Obi-Wan. This is, uh, <laughs> I, I like that as well. And the thought that, you know, is he, is he picking up on uh, his old pal Anakin might be hanging out on that uh, that st- space station? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and, and he's he's on board with turning around. He's not like, well, it's dark, but we must go. He's like, no, yeah, no, turning around seems wise. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, yeah, he's, right. he's on board with that. I think it's once they're in the tractor beam, once, you know, the, the choice has been made for them, you know, and, yeah. and Han Solo is like talking about like, they're not getting me without a fight. You know, there are, uh, you know, we can't win, but there are all alternatives to fighting. I think that's when he's beginning to see like, okay, well, destiny is really bringing both Luke and I here. Mm-hmm. And I think he, once he gets on the station and senses Vader. Yeah. I think that's when he's starting to think like, it, it, it's truly possible that this is that this might be the the end of of this part of my journey. <laughs> yeah. Before I mean, he's trained, he's ready to you know become one with the force uh, for the selfless reason that he can continue to be there uh, for Luke, right? Yeah. Um. So I think by the time he's he's going to turn off the to sneak around and turn off the the uh, the, the the beam, yeah, the tractor beam. Mm-hmm. In sensing Vader and telling Luke, your de- destiny lies along a different path from mine. I think he's like, ah, I got to confront Vader, uh, partially just to keep him away from Luke. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, might not work out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I think that there is a real acceptance at that point. Mm-hmm. And and I, the, the reason to me that it's still like an acceptance of possibility is it, it seems like he's engaged with Vader. And in the it's the course of the fight where he feels like uh, I, I'm not winning this fight physically right <laughs> i have gotten too old for this uh, my, my old man powers are weak <laughs> yeah. in comparison to vader and i feel like when he lo- looks at luke and smiles it's it's such a decision right yes to let go it's such mm-hmm. a decision of like i knew this was a possibility and i accept this moment and i choose this moment right mm-hmm. I, I really look at that that moment where where vader thinks he won is uh, Obi-Wan just beat you in a duel again, right? Because Vader doesn't understand what the fight is about. He doesn't understand the stakes. Mm-hmm. He's just focused on, I finally get revenge on my old master who failed me and, you know, cut my limbs off. And Obi-Wan's like, you don't even know the game we're playing, you know? Yeah, no, that Vader foot stomp on the robe of just confusion, <laughs> more than more than the <laughs> Kylo energy of, oh, I've just been bested by ghost projection, Luke. Ah! More like Anakin, like, oh, maybe I miss him. Yeah, like, what is going on? What what other secret did this jerk have up his sleeve that I've been competitive with, you know? Yeah, yeah. What, what I love about uh, this idea here is, is this big Star Wars idea that we've always talked about at, of destiny and choices in destiny that along the way, there's a lot of different ways this could go. And I think uh, Obi-Wan continues to be open to that, right? I think you're right. The little subtle part of that scene is him going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, big space ball. Turn around. <laughs> Let's get out of here. <laughs> and, and, and just along the way, the force just keep lead, keeps leading you forward and, and you can choose how to react to that. 
Yeah, because I guess I guess he could have come out swinging and and continued to fight and and died in a different way. But I think uh, I think you're right. I think uh, that smile means a lot there too. So it's an ongoing journey with Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's just entirely distracting Vader from you know the fact that his children are right over there. <laughs> you know, right. in a a, a victory uh, for me. I think that's a great question. Uh, thank you so much, Stephen. Uh, we're gonna move on to a question uh, from Nick Field. Nick says, "How much would you like to learn from the Kenobi series promo campaign? I feel like Book of Boba Fett could have benefited from the creators doing more press and shedding some light on what the show would be." Do you agree or would you rather know as little as possible going in? Uh, these are two great Kenobi questions. Uh, one, an a in-world cosmic question and one, a real-world <laughs> information and promotion question. So, Ken, where do you go with this? Do you, do you want to know specifically, do you want to have Kenobi framed by the creators a little bit? And how do you feel about that in general? I think, look, we're never going to get Adam Driver's dream around The Last Jedi of no press, no trailers, no <laughs> There's nothing, which I love that Adam Trevor has said that stuff. Like, <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking about it. You should all just go see the theater, see it in the theater. Uh, I, I know we're not going to get that. It's just not realistic. I personally was happy with the Book of Boba Fett's promotion to a degree, but I'm very open to the idea of kind of meeting in the middle with, with folks like Nick and, and Nick's not, not alone in this who feel there should have been more, maybe more framework, like you said, with Kenobi. Uh, uh, so look, looking ahead, if, 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 if only to maybe kind of curb that kind of conversation around this new show. Mm-hmm. Uh, about expectations, I I still believe, and you and I talked about this uh, over the years. We've talked about it. I, I still believe the, uh, the the marketing was pretty honest from Boba Fett in terms of themes, and there was things mm-hmm. to pick up on right away. Uh, a lot of that conversations, uh, the, a lot of the conversations we had already, um, you know. And I, I don't think uh, there was any suggestions that in, in the mar- book of Boba Fett marketing that would let you know that there was going to be two episodes that don't have Boba Fett in it. Yeah, uh, perhaps maybe they should make may have made it more clear that it was all part of the new Mandoverse. There was some, is it two point five? There's quotes from Kathleen. Uh, it's all this. It's uh, so that I get. So maybe Kenobi's got a different thing to get out there. It's not necessarily connected to the Mandoverse. So I'm going to meet in the middle, Joseph. All that to say, <laughs> I'm going to meet in the middle, maybe a little bit more. But I, I, I'm happy with vague. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I go a lot of different places with this question. There's a part of me that uh, really does believe in in clarity. That sometimes clarity is needed to bring people on board. Sometimes I think, uh, as you were saying, well, uh, you know, that would have helped some people and uh, make things less of a distraction. Um, I sometimes wonder what would have happened to the reception of the Phantom Menace if Lucas had been given interviews going like. This is not the original trilogy. This is, uh, it's, it's a better time of the galaxy. It's shiny and new. Uh, we're really getting into the politics and like framed it that way, right? Yeah. Instead of just going like, well, what there? It's it's there on the screen. Get it. Um, and I think that's where I, where I wrestle with like, okay, how much should creators need to give us the clarity to help us? And how much should they just uh, let the story do the talking? Mm. Um I tend to lean towards personally that I want to, I'm a little bit more in the Adam driver camp, (laughs) you know, beyond the marketing that is necessary. I want to know as little as possible. I want every trailer to be a teaser trailer. (laughs) Um, I'm happy with things like book of Boba Fett that played very, very fair with what are the thematic ideas. He's not a bounty hunter anymore. He wants to be a leader. He, he doesn't want to lead with fear. He wants to lead with uh, respect. Can he bring these different elements uh, together and change the system? All that was extremely clear. And I feel like that is the heart of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was great for me. Uh, but I also do understand just 
not wanting the distraction of yeah. with the lack of clarity. So when I think about it, I think like, well, what would that look like for Book of Boba Fett? Um, and I can see a certain value in in Favreau doing a press junket um, where he says something along the lines of like, look, Book of Boba Fett is part of this larger story we're telling in this time period with these characters. Maybe they're going to be some surprise characters popping up. Like, would that have, I guess I want to frame that as a question to you. If he had said something like that, that didn't just totally tip his hand and go, uh, hey, there are two episodes without <laughs> yeah, Boba Fett. Luke's going to show up and Soka's going to show up, you know. Uh, we're going to set up Mando season three in Book of Boba Fett. If he wasn't that explicit, but just kind of hinted at, you should receive this as a chapter in the overall story that we're telling right now. Would Do you think that would have helped you? Do you think that would have helped other people with the two episodes that didn't feature Boba Fett? I, I think, I think, quotation marks around think now, that, that it would have helped the overall conversation. I, I look to, and I think you're right, Favreau, because uh, this is more than any other show. Let me go back to this. Book of Boba Fett had so much room in the marketing, but even going back to the surprise end credit scene where we we would remark even on this show, we just don't know what this show's about, right? Which was part of the intrigue, uh, but also just the big questions around it. So I, I, I think I have to fall down the side of, yeah, maybe Favreau leading the charge, more clear, more clarity in, 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 in the press. Robert Rodriguez not saying, oh, they've only taken the first few minutes of the episode. <laughs> which was a statement incorrect. In, incorrect. And and then, uh, you know, the older quotes from Kathleen Kennedy on Investor's Day, you know, is it 2.5? Is it, what is it? And related to the Mandiverse. I, I think of the day, I, I just, you can't deny that the, there was a lot of conversations around that, a lot of confusion, a lot of maybe dashed expectations. And without going to the force center, speculate responsibly, train of thought, I don't even need to bring that into the conversation too much. Uh, I think uh, Favreau being, uh, you know, leading that could have worked. Could have worked, but they still could. I, obviously, they're going to, you know, the moment bright colored speeders show up, we're going to have a whole another set of problems. <laughs> but even then, Rodriguez hinted at that too. So I don't know. Yeah, I think that's it for me of like, um, you know, if Favreau said something like that in a junket that tried to prepare people as much as possible without just straight up spoiling it and saying chapter five is Din's story. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, uh, without straight up spoiling it. It might have helped, I think, those of us in the in the kind of all-in Star Wars community. But, like, I've talked to some friends who really liked Book of Boba Fett, aren't all-in on Star Wars. Like, they like it and they watch it, but they don't do podcasts or listen to podcasts or whatever. Um, and they really enjoyed Book of Boba Fett. And, like, I, I enjoyed Chapter 5 and Chapter 6, but I was, I was really confused and thrown. I don't know if that would have helped those people, you know? Because I don't know if they would have been parsing Favreau's press junket, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. And, and maybe... Yeah, and again, you and I, you and I, Jennifer, on the news show just yesterday, we're talking about the Revenge of the Sith trailer drops, and pretty much tells you here's a lot of what's going to happen, <laughs> you know. And those are a little bit of a different kind of era of trailers. I, I for some reason, I think about the, this, and and some have brought it before, but you know, going into the Last Jedi, and there was a certain expectation of what a Ryan Johnson Star Wars film would be the guy who directed the fly episode of breaking bad here's what we got uh looper all the stuff and there was that one little moment where ryan's like hey also it's funny <laughs> i don't think a lot of people listen to that too so that's why i'm i'm hesitating when i say it could all help and nick's point could be right but at the same time who it depends on how everyone takes it in yeah i really think it is about yeah who parses it it is about exactly how it's phrased to try to kind of prep people for what it is um without actually spoiling it and in, in taking away some of the surprise or the joy uh, i see the value in it i think i 
personally ultimately come down on. I do see the value in it. I see how it would really help some fans to feel prepared or warned <laughs> mm-hmm. that you should receive Book of Boba Fett is is Mando season 2.5 or a part of the overall story of the Mandalorian. You, you should receive Book of Boba Fett that way. I see how that would have helped a ton of people. For myself personally, at the end of the day, I really think that I want to hear less from the creators um, mm. in general. I like the behind the scenes stuff. I like the process stuff. I like really celebrating costume designers and puppeteers and, you know, uh, artists and of, of every kind. But in terms of like the writers and the directors, the ones who are like really building the soul of the thing, I really lean toward uh, David Lynch. And and mm-hmm. I know that's different for everybody because he's, he's very much a, um, a filmmaker who, who he's an auteur. Um, yeah. But there's a quote from him. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I didn't have time to pull it up, but uh, it's a meme that you can find in many forms, but it's an actual quote too, uh, where he says, uh, as soon as a film is made, everyone wants you to talk about it. And it's like the film is the talking. <laughs> yeah. And I tend to agree with that both before and both after for myself personally of while I understand certain clarity would help people better receive the show or not be distracted by it, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like there is a there is a trust and a respect for the audience of like, this is how it works. The, the creators create and then we react. And um, I think that to me is, like I said, it's, it, it feels like a kind of respect. The story is the story. And uh, that, and that's largely what I want to engage with. And I think for me, it's also just kind of important to think about things in terms of their legacy of like five years from now, when people watch Book of Boba Fett, is it going to bump as much for them? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. on repeat viewings now that they knew it's there. Or like if it's, if you're a, a kid and you're five years from now, you're 10 years old and this is the first thing you see, are you going to care? Right. And you know, I, and I just, I don't, in terms of how long some of these things are going to live, um, I, I want to think about that perspective as well of like, is this an issue that's going to be ongoing or is this an issue of the moment? Yeah. And, and I, I, I would say it's a moment issue. I, I think even on repeat viewings of, of, of seasons and cause you know, we'll watch them two or three times and do a podcast. You're right. That, that quote unquote general audience, which just means huge star Wars fans that don't need to dig in as much. Yeah. There, there is repeat viewings always change and years from now the context of everything around it absolutely changes and, and to the bigger question we've had this conversation a few times of just like how much is it is it appropriate to share you know i love documentaries on bands but i also don't love to get the direct interpretation of the songs because they're mine now in a way <laughs> mine they're mine now um i like the process of it i just you know uh, yeah i think I haven't thought of it in those terms before. I think because I, I do like hearing some of the creators in Star Wars, but I, I admit, I, I've admitted before. Sometimes it's like I can point to them and go, see, other person, you were wrong about it because they said this. And that's not necessarily the right energy. It's just kind of the way of the pundit world <laughs> and, the, and just a discussion. I don't want to always have to use it like that. So I think, I think I'm with you somewhere. I'll push towards the David Lynch thing. I do enjoy hearing about it, but I think maybe it's right that I don't hear about it sometimes, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, my thing that I've said kind of jokingly, but I kind of mean is like, I I think it would be great if it was just kind of like a uh, rough tradition that uh, we don't speak, uh, writers and creators don't speak about the heart of the thing until mm-hmm. a year after. 
<laughs> so that uh, people can just engage with the story and have discussions about what they found in the story instead of having like, I mean, there's lots of different things where like, look, there's videos of Lucas in those Clone Wars uh, mm-hmm. meetings laying out like, here's exactly what I mean by balance of the force. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and I find that gratifying and I'm happy to, to have that. I, I don't think it should be like, uh, you know, creators never, ever speak or I just. Mm-hmm. I want to, I would love to hear from a director the day after their movie came out about what the process was like. What were their experiences like? For me, what I don't like, and it's happened a couple of times in Star Wars, is when writers and creators speak very quickly after the film comes out. Mm-hmm. I have this experience doing Force Center where I see uh, so many of the debates online aren't about the text. They aren't about the film. They're about what a writer or director said in an interview. <laughs> yeah. And I want to discuss the stories, not mm-hmm. what, you know, the, yep. I, I don't want to be, I want to debate uh, and have interesting discussions of do the last Jedi and rise of Skywalker line up, not do, does this interview line up with this interview? Yes. That's just not as interesting to me. Yeah, and I, that's a that's a nice way to say it. Not as interesting. I, I think um, uh, exhausted and, <laughs> and and other things can apply to some of the conversations uh, and my reactions to them. I should say, uh, yeah. And I wonder too. You're all, you've been a David Lynch fan your whole uh, you know life. Um, so that's a, that's a different example. But that aside, is is there anything with you, Joseph, that it's it's just the way those conversations and interviews have been taken is why you even distance yourself more. I think so. I think it's because they, when they're conversations that are saying, hey, here's why I made this choice or that kind of thing, I don't think it changes anybody's mind, you know? Yeah. So yeah. in terms of things that are like, you know, fans who didn't like this element or that element of the sequel, like, um, it doesn't change anybody's mind, right? Uh, um, so there, there's that element to it. I think where Lynch is also coming from, he's not trying to be difficult. He's trying to be generous and he's trying to be honest. Yeah. He is yeah. saying, um, if I could tell you <laughs> the way a room full of red curtains in furniture makes me feel in words, I'd just tell you I did all of this because it's a feeling that can't be expressed in words. And it's mm. me trying to communicate something from my soul to you. And I trust you, the audience, to have an emotional reaction to it. And maybe your emotional reaction will be the exact same as mine. Or maybe it'll be entirely different because you've had a different life from mine. But you, that, but there's information in films there's what characters say but there's also just your intuition what did that scene make you feel why do you feel that way what is your instinct about how it connects to other parts of the the star wars saga for this and i think what i don't want to have happen is have this exploration that we as fans go through be cut off because we start to have this really interesting emotional reaction to like oh go to book of boba fett that's weird that boba fett isn't in these episodes why would anyone ever choose to do that? What does that make me feel? Mm-hmm. Those explorations get cut off this, is as soon as there's an interview where Favreau mm-hmm. just says, here's why I did it. Stop thinking, stop dreaming, stop wondering, stop discussing. I'll give you the answer. Everything is just about having an answer instead of yeah. us as humans thinking, feeling, intuiting, discussing, exploring. Yes. Yeah. No. Well said. Four Center, well said. Uh, going back to the original question, it, it's, I think, if there was more clarity clarity well again clarity is one thing but more information from the creators then that would be held against the show as well i think from some folks some people just might appreciate knowing a little bit more and being set up and i think the way we want to approach it yeah it's um i don't know we came to star wars in a different time everyone's got a different entry point this we know but like 
I didn't know. I did not know what the hero's journey was. I didn't know what Lucas intended. I just know I saw it and I was seven and it reacted to it on a different level. And, and yeah, it's changed over the years. I don't know. I, I know we're spinning out beyond even just the original question. Yeah, no, it, we spin out. Uh, I, I apologize for that. I really spun out into the, the after conversation. And I think what Nick's conversation or question was about is the before conversation. Um, and I think for me, yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah, go ahead, please go ahead. Oh, just, but he, he, that might be my, my point again, it, 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 where we are now in, in, since movies were sportified patent pending on that horrible term, uh, where it was a discussion and every character is speaking a fact in people's minds. Every creator is speaking a fact, uh, going in and out. I, I just think it's a different era than even 2005 where Revenge of the Sith shows you a lot in the trailer. It's a different era. And I think we just, there's just, I, I just, I get bummed sometimes with the way, how people engage with this stuff. Uh, not that it's wrong, just it's not my place to be bummed with how you engage with it. But I just want to, I want to have those discussions that are about what's on the screen, not what Robert Rodriguez said before the marketing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it, it's just, it's just room for us to have our own, you know, experience um, in, in being reacting to the art. Uh, and having a conversation about the art it, that's I, yeah. that's really how i feel about after i don't even mind if it's years later like i just watched um i just watched lady from shanghai which i've seen a couple times it's an orson welles film and i've i've never looked into the history of it and you know just watch it and amazed by it it's got you know one of the most famous uh, scenes in cinema that's been you know uh, uh had different people do interpretations of again and again and i look on Wiki, you know wikipedia and orson welles is like yeah i hate that scene they butchered my film <laughs> like <laughs> I don't mind that being out there, but I'm glad that I just got to experience the film instead of experience it with, I'm watching the film that Orson Welles hates that I think was brilliant, you know? <laughs> yeah. Look, but look, I've heard, you know, there's stuff around rise of Skywalker that I got friends who claim to know quotes from JJ, but what he felt about last Jedi. And I always tell them that's great. It's not what's on screen. Yeah. Um, do you know how many times I, um, call a trivia match that I could care less about, but it's my job and I make it work. Sorry. It's just the way it is. I'm less concerned about my thoughts on the match. It's what I'm saying and doing in the match that you should be engaged with. Uh, and I think that's some of it too. I did not, this is not to turn this question from Nick into like any kind of, you know, uh, this is a great question. Uh, uh, I'm, you know, so who knows, maybe Deborah Chow comes out and goes, here's what the six episodes are about. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I think at the end of the day, I don't know if that helps. I, I think we'll still have the same discussion. If yeah. I mean, I, audience, yeah, general audience. yeah, yeah. So I, I think yeah, I, I apologize. I spiraled really in, into, you know, oh. the after conversation. Uh, but to kind of bring it back to Nick's question, I think for me, end of the day is I really do appreciate that if a creator wants, particularly in, promotion wants to frame a, a story so that the audience is ready to receive what it is like i don't mind it when people say like hey we're doing you know this superhero but it's a real uh, horror take we're doing this superhero and it's mm -hmm. really a little bit more of a light take inspired by this like i don't mind it if people want to creators choose to frame uh, a story that way particularly if they think the audience will uh will receive it better i personally like as little as possible but my mm -hmm. last thought ken is I kind of think this has already happened up to a point with Kenobi, right? Because they could have buried Vader a little bit. Yes. And I think that they were aware either, you know, probably maybe on a practical level, like they just, it's too much work to hide Hayden or he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's valuable to us. Or if it, if it leaks, uh, let's just get ahead of it and excite people like that could be a part of it. 
but it also has the benefit of a ton of fans when a Kenobi show is announced are going to assume he never met Vader in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. This is going to be about Kenobi just hanging out on a desert. And already everything they've released from Kathleen Kennedy's announcement, calling it the rematch of the century, to that sizzle reel that very clearly shows Kenobi's going off planet. They are already framing it of like, hey, if anybody thinks this is uh, uh, just Obi-Wan Kenobi fight some water pirates, yeah, we're trying really hard to tell you that's not what the show is. So I already think they're doing a little bit of framing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think to be more than more than they had for Book of Boba Fett. But Book of Boba Fett did a ton of mystery around it. Even the yeah. cast, right? All that kind of stuff. Different, different takes. So I, I think you're right. Maybe it's already happening. Yeah. Great question. Uh, and uh, obviously we have lots of thoughts in lots of directions. Any other final thoughts from you, Ken? Um, no, other than, you know what I can't wait for? A Kenobi trailer. Oh, that's going to be so great. I'm very, very excited for the uh, Kenobi trailer and press junket if we get it. And I will happily engage and, and dive in. But for now, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with our questions from our patrons on Patreon. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And we are back to continue cues of the force. We go to our patrons from Patreon. Uh, we go to It's Just Jeff. <laughs> uh, a great uh, title for a sitcom. Uh, so It's Just Jeff says, hey, Joseph and Ken, first off, I want to thank you all for having a fun and clean podcast. It's so difficult to find entertaining podcasts that I can listen to with my kids in the car or at home without having to worry about the language. Uh, for my question, what show coming up do you think will reveal the most about the Star Wars canon? I was pleasantly surprised how much the Book of Boba Fett revealed, especially in the episode with Luke and Ahsoka, which leads me to believe that Dave Filoni is really, really looking forward to the Ahsoka series and showing us everything from her unseen influences from the Clone Wars through Return of the Jedi, finding Ezra and Thrawn, and how she and Luke meet, plus who knows what else. Uh, thank you for that question. It's just Jeff. And uh, thank you for Ken and his broadcasting history. Uh, really encouraging Force Center to be a, <laughs> a swear word free zone. <laughs> hey, you know, working TV clean will get you TV is what I was told in stand up. But I do enjoy a good swear word every now and then. <laughs> yes, we do. Sometimes we, we have to uh, bleep ourselves uh, <laughs> in the moment. Uh, where do you go with this question, Ken? Are, are you excited for... Um, what more Star Wars canon we're going to learn? Where do you think we're going to learn it? And and what are you thinking about Ahsoka? Always excited. I always talk about this living history document. And now I get to learn a new page, new entry. Love that stuff. I think to Jeff's question, uh, I think I think Ahsoka is the answer, uh, right? Uh, uh, in terms of where we're going to probably get the most. Kenobi's going to be dealing with some, uh, going to be dealing with the big things, uh, for sure, but it's like plugging up the gaps in a time period we've all spent so much time in, where mm-hmm. Soka just has a chance to pull from so many corners, old and new, uh, imagined and dreamed of. We really have a, a, a new a new canvas to paint on here in, in this key part. So it's going to be this post-five-year range where, you know, there's a lot of heir to the empire-like thoughts we have about this time frame. But now we're mm-hmm. going to get those kind of answers versus... Um, Again, answers with Kenobi, but a different kind of feel of like, hey, there's a, there's a little little puzzle piece. We're going to put it in there, and and you're going to learn about where this character ended up. Now it's an open road, and I think that 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 is a, a great way to just pull in and, and give us a lot of canon. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that uh, Kenobi will will maybe provide more, um, yeah, maybe more emotional canon. I think there is the strong possibility with that sizzle reel of seeing you know Inquisitors in live action, which will be great and exciting um i think there's a possibility of if it is the story of a a physical and emotional rematch between kenobi and vader it is the story of when kenobi once thought as luke did and how kenobi comes to truly believe that that luke is the hope for the future uh and that anakin is gone 
that's going to be a lot of emotional, Ken, and the great phrase that uh, that you introduced to the podcast, Ken, of, you know, after Kenobi, how many moments that we know so well from the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy will maybe feel a little bit different or from the Clone Wars animated series. So mm. I think that is a big possibility. Um, I think Andor also might really enhance the story of this time that's the Cold War between the Empire and the Alliance. Like, mm-hmm. we've got that with Rebels. Uh, we've got the early I- Imperial era with Bad Batch. But Andor being like, I am actively doing the work of the Rebellion as things are kind of at their absolute worst. I think that might kind of reframe some of our understanding of of that period of the Cold War between the Empire and the Alliance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited for those answers. I love these. And you, the emotional canon versus the canon conversation is, uh, is, is, is always fun to get into. The, the emotional canon thing really came out of um, my personal journey with Last Jedi of going, oh, man, you know, I got something different out of this. I was expecting literal, you know, beats of the story of what's next. And I was daydreaming about that and Luke getting in the fight. Instead, I got these emotions that connect to what George was teaching me years ago. And, and that's where I really started focusing my Star Wars love. But I always love who, who, what, and where in Star Wars. Yeah, and I think for me with the emotional canon, the thing that I like is, yeah, I, I love when we learn something more about a planet or we haven't seen that planet in this era or we learn that this person actually knows this person or this person actually invented the word wizard or whatever sort of like hey. uh, a more factual canon. I really like seeing this great Star Wars story of, you know, if you're a Jedi who lived in the Old Republic, if you're a scoundrel who lives at the time of uh, mm-hmm. the First Order War, uh, we're all faced with these kind of similar challenges of who do we want to be and how do different characters at different times at different places uh how do they face them right Mm -hmm. and things like emotional canon like the the movie solo just line one of the reasons i love it is it it gives us so much emotional canon that lines up with who han solo is uh you know and it isn't about (laughs) uh appearance but about emotion and about character truth you know so that's why i I always really like that that phrase that you brought into our podcast world yeah it it, it would look funny you look at solo and 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 like the kessel run that 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 was not even close to how i picture that for 40 years of my life not even (laughs) close and i'm not saying i come out of that better than anyone else right we always talk about there's there's your way you watch star wars is the way you watch star wars we just prefer you not root for palpatine around these parts but (laughs) it's kind of our, our thing uh, but yeah, like I, I just was more focused on Alden's face in the Castle Run versus the Castle Run, if that makes sense. Yeah, what he was accomplishing and how he feels like that was his first step into the real world. He made his name, right? You know, yeah. he, he got what he wanted uh, it, and is so proud of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, uh, I want to zero in on Ahsoka, the, mm-hmm. the television show, just a little bit because um, it's just Jeff has some some tantalizing ideas about the kinds of moments in her life that we might see or learn about. What kind of canon, uh, be it just sort of factual stuff or more emotional canon, what kind of moments, ideas, things are you hoping for from the Ahsoka show? In terms of canon and moments, it's funny. There's a, a meme going around. Just saw it briefly. Of it's like I think it's Rosera Dawson in Ahsoka, looking at a cell phone. Whether it's a real shot from her trailer or something, I don't. I don't know. I just saw this photo, and it's just like Ahsoka during the Battle of Scarif, Battle of Hoth, Battle, <laughs> Battle of Endor, <laughs> and. Uh, I think Rosario tweeted, tweeted back of, uh, hey, it's a big galaxy with a lot of, lot of other things going on, right? And so 
funny little exchange, but that got me excited for, yeah, you're right. This, this is a question that is, that we now have because Ahsoka as a character, it didn't exist when the soul began. And then now she's here. And then where is she? She didn't die. Oh, where's she going? So I want to know what is pulling her away beyond just Ezra, Sabine, Thrawn. That's the easy, easy answer there, but what is really going on? And then especially because now we see her back interacting with Luke, seeing Grogu. She's, she's tied into the, to some of the bigger things. What's her thoughts on Leia? What kind of conversations would she have with Han? I, I, I do want to see all that or know what happened. I, I do want some of those details, but I'm, I'm excited to see her take her very balanced Jedi-like approach, whether she's Jedi or not in title, and just take it to uh, other parts of the story I haven't seen yet. Yeah, that's really great. I think there is, uh, for me, still some ambiguity in how you can read world between worlds of, mm-hmm. you know, did, did she just, was she marooned? Yeah. Uh, or would, or did she just, when she re-entered, uh, did she enter, you know, years later in yeah. the future? Did she just skip the Civil War, the, you know, Galactic Civil War? Yeah. Um, I think I think some clarity on that might be interesting. Uh, but I, I just really think that whatever we see uh, will be about the emotional journey that Ahsoka is on. We, we've got some hints in terms of plot, right? That she might be looking for Thrawn because she promised to see Ezra. This might be the setup to that moment at the end of Rebels. Where how'd she get that uh, white cloak? How'd she go full Gandalf the White and you know go pick up Sabine? But that stuff is all plot, right? Yeah. And we know that that these shows are about who the characters are. So I'm really curious about um, what journey is Ahsoka going on? What is she trying to compete? come to peace with mm. you know it, what is she trying to set right is she trying to decide her code in this new era we've also got some hints from the way that she interacts with luke right mm-hmm. um is she carrying guilt or anger about anakin's fall uh, or about not being engaged with <laughs> yeah. the galactic uh civil war you know we don't know what else she went through in her days as a rebel operative when she was fulcrum right there's mm-hmm. a lot to fill in there but then like kind of actively going forward the big question of like, is she looking for Ezra just to fulfill a promise? Because her goal that she kind of defined for herself toward the end of the Clone Wars is I help people. That's what a Jedi is to me. When I see somebody in trouble, I help them. Mm. And Mm. I promised Ezra I'd find him. So I'm going to go find him. Or is she looking to Ezra to be like a potential for the future of the Jedi? Like there's so many big questions about like what she wants and what she's coming to terms with and i think all the flashbacks all the canon we might get to see is, is all going to flow from whatever it is she is dealing with mm. god you just reminded me that you were probably getting some some anakin stuff right <laughs> oh yeah i mean he's right he, he's he's in the cast so i think you know very very strong fla- possibilities for flashbacks and and force mm-hmm. spirits right yeah indeed and and you know, I love uh, Ahsoka and Book of Boba Fett is, is great. I really love it. And, and she's kind of the Ahsoka we, we have come to, to know and love. of this very peaceful, very centered and relationship with the interaction with, with Luke and Grogu. Everything was great. I, I love the Amando appearance because there's a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more angst, uh, sadness. Trauma. Trauma. Uh, uh, a little, not, I want to say anger, but you know, she's, she, she needs the information. She needs to find Thrawn. Like I'm, I'm, I'm more intrigued by by that right now. And I don't know the, the Boba Fett doesn't counteract that at all. It's just an extension. It's a fully formed character, but I, I still go back to those moments, especially at the end of that episode of like, what is going on inside of Ahsoka's soul? 
Yeah, no, and I love that she is a very um, she is a very centered Jedi. Like, obviously, she's compassionate. The episode is called "The Jedi," and I know people mm-hmm. have issues with her saying, "I am no Jedi to Vader," and how how all that squares. And I think this episode might get into that. But like, even earlier in that that episode in Mandalorian season two, she's like, "You're gonna give me the information. The only question is how." I'm paraphrasing, right. but like, that's a real Jedi thing of like, "Look, you have something I need, and you're going to give it to me. You can hand it to me, or we can fight." Yeah, your choice. Like she's like she's not just, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm picking flowers and someone attacked me. She's on a mission, you know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, a lot of violence in that mission of the episode. Yeah, it, so, there is, there yeah. is, and uh, yeah. So I'm excited. There's so many things we can see. I think they'll flow from you know whatever uh, issue she is trying to uh, resolve, yeah. uh, which there are loads to pick from. Now, I also think for me, it's always important to remember that um, I think this is clear in his work and uh, and he said it. <laughs> uh, and I do like sometimes hearing from creators. Filoni is a creator who likes to leave some room for interpretation and future exploration. So I think there are some things that will be like, oh, cool, we found out this canon detail and other things that we will not get 100% clarity on because he likes doing that. Uh, you before and after going to that other conversation. Yeah. Press junkets and after he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll, you're right. He'll play, he'll put on that t-shirt and that hat and he'll play. <laughs> yeah. 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 Didn't he have the, the, the whole game with the Ahsoka lives t-shirt or not right. that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. I don't remember all the details of that. I'm sure other fans do, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Filoni's playful. Yes, he is. Any final thoughts on that question, Ken? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, other than we, we said somebody, I mean, seriously, you just remind, I, kind of totally forgot that Anakin's in Ahsoka. <laughs> There's just so much. What a time to be alive. So much Star Wars coming out. I forget a big detail. Oh, yeah. Anakin slash Vader might be in Ahsoka series. Oh, by the way, there's the Ahsoka series. Yeah. And by the way, Book of Boba Fett revealed that, yeah, of course, Luke and Ahsoka met. So are we going to get to see that uh, the first time? Yeah. So much great stuff. Uh, I think uh, it's just Jeff is right to be excited and got me even more excited. Uh, we are going to move on to our final question from Adam Knight. Adam says, Ken, Joseph, and Jennifer, the biggest question possible on my mind right now is this. What is your responsible speculation in regards to the weight of the Darksaber? Uh, My theory that I've been going for with friends has been that when the original uh, Vizsla Mandalorian Jedi crafted the blade, that it became imbued with a sense of purpose, not necessarily responsibility. Hence why Moff Gideon didn't seem to have any issues swinging it around. He has never doubted his purpose to rebuild the Empire, yet Din Djarin and Sabine from Rebels struggle with it, not necessarily because of its physical mass, but from its emotional weight, since neither of them were set in their own mind why they had the blade and who they wanted to be. May the Force be with you always. May the Force be with you, Adam. This is great. Ken, uh, do you go somewhere different, or do you just uh, pretty much agree with Adam? <laughs> I love it. I actually wrote my notes. This is great. Adam wins this round. He's got the points for this round here in the, in the ongoing debate. No, I love this here, because even if you look at the history that we don't know a, a ton of, just other than Tar Vizsla created this, because he was uh, the first Mandalorian inside the Jedi Order, that itself right there, in inside the Jedi Order, he creates his own weapon, not just goes and gathers his kyber crystal uh, in, at Ilum, he creates his own weapon that is different than all the other weapons. Like there's already a sense of identity, a sense of purpose, a sense of why he's here. Um, uh, you got, I don't know, we're, our attachment to what he was. I don't know. That's a, that's a conversation for the Jedi order to have thousands and thousands of years ago. Uh, fascinating stuff. So to take the, all that into this, I do love this idea because it also adds a danger to this blade. The blade uh, itself, the weapon itself, doesn't necessarily have a dog in the fight, right? It's this idea of, like, the Force 
you know, the light Sith and Jedi, it, it's more the force is about light and dark, not the organizations, different people can access the force, you know, uh, it's, it's not rooting there. Um, so Moff Gideon in a weird way finds his purpose. Hey, all villains are heroes in their own stories, right? That's what you're told. Mm-hmm. Right. And the blade reacts to that. So now there's this real extra added danger to this dark saber. People like Maul get it. People like Moff Gideon. And that's why you, it's important to have the right person with it. And it makes a lot of sense uh, with the, uh, Sabine and and Din and even who knows Bo-Katan maybe she's at one point is like you know it turns out this is kind of heavy I don't know about this uh I don't know I'm fascinated and I, so at the end of the day I really like what Adam's saying here yeah no I really really like it I, I like this whole idea of the Darksaber is almost a kind of a sword in the stone story but the, the stone is the sword <laughs> uh I really really love that and I think this is one of those great things where it's like okay so some new ideas are being, you know, lined up with this sword that's been around for a while. So how does it match up with what we have already seen? And I really agree with Adam that, wow, we've seen a lot of people use it. Uh, Moff Gideon, Maul, Pre Vizsla is the one who introduced it to us. And I went back and rewatched that clip and I forgot, like, when he takes it out, he he gives the little preamble of where it's from. Uh, and, you know, I said it was, you know, we, we took it back at the time of the fall of the old Republic. And since then many Jedi have died on its blade. He's, he's practically giving it a mission statement. Like this is my Jedi killing sword, you know? <laughs> um, and between pre Vizsla, Maul, Moff Gideon, uh, I so agree with Adam. They are centered. They, this is a weapon mm. to give them power, to eliminate their enemies, to lead to them having more power. That's what all three of them are after is more power, more control more me in charge right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so there's that centeredness and then uh yeah with sabine and din it's the um uh, a lack of centeredness in you know the same ambiguity that's what that whole episode with sabine is about right of like do i want this responsibility uh you know where do my true loyalties lie you know i've got unresolved issues that i haven't dealt with all that stuff uh and din really you know uh, we're watching him choose who he wants to be. But in terms of when it relates to Mandalore, he really doesn't know who he wants to be. Yeah. So I like the idea that Adam's saying that you just need to have a sense of purpose and, and uh, people who used it uh, for violence and to try to seize more power. Well, no problem because they had their purpose. But I also like the idea that this, this Kyber is, you know, more powerfully sentient, you know, mm. the, the Kyber and the Skywalker blade called out to Ray, you know, mm. Mm. Is it a blade like that where it feels like, hey, anybody with uh, with purpose is going to have no problem swinging me. But when it's picked up by somebody who might truly unite Mandalore, mm. who might truly fulfill, you know, yeah. what this blade was crafted to be, that it's like even harder on them. Like, mm. all right, if if you really want to pick me up to just, you know, uh, get your own power and, and chop limbs. OK, then it'll I'll fly. But, hey, if you might be someone you know, with actual honor who might unite people, I'm really going to put you through your paces and make sure that you're using me the right way. I love that. Is it anything worth doing is not easy? Is this the philosophy behind it? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so I, I love the story. Uh, do, do you get troubled at all with, do you feel like it, it lines up or do you feel like we, you needed to have this information about the dark saber sooner? Um, I definitely didn't need it, but I, I, when, even when I saw this question, I was like, you know what? I haven't spent a lot of time analyzing why Moth Gideon swung that thing around, even to slice bread and get out of a TIE fighter, you know? Um, <laughs> this is how I take Star Wars in sometimes. I, I watch and then analyze after. 
which of course everyone does, you know what I mean? But you know, it's like, yeah. I, I didn't live in that space a lot, but I love this. And, and, and that's part of the fun going back to even the previous question of canon and emotional canon, head canon and all it's kind of, I love the little corners to play with until we get an answer. And, and, and Dave is of all the people out there might be one who's like, don't worry, I got an answer coming. I just won't tell you. Uh, maybe we get the history of the dark saber in Mando season three, a flashback to actually see live action Tar Vizsla. Like that'd be pretty cool. And we get a little bit more information on what, what goes into it. So I, I really like this a lot. And I like think about this uh, more than I even did before the question. Yeah. Yeah. I really like it. Uh, just uh, kind of symbolically thematically, but I also like where it's going because at this point it feels like this idea about the dark saber is the log line for season three of Mandalorian <laughs> Ooh, yeah. of, you know, we've learned that, yep. Mando chooses Grogu. Grogu chooses Mando. They are together. Uh, and Din has pushed back on some of the rules of the children of the watch in order to be with Grogu. But now he's jetting off to, you know, find redemption for taking his helmet off. Mm -hmm. And I think the Darksaber kind of frames him as like, you've met different Mandalorians. You've met Bo-Katan who wants to unite and doesn't care if people, if Mandalorians are different. She has a broad view of who can be uh, a Mandalorian. Do you want to be like that, Din? Or do you want to, you know, repent for taking your helmet off and go back to the armorer? And what does the armorer want? If you're just like the arm of the armorer, yeah. what are you actually doing for her? And all of it just adds up to this sword going like, what do you actually want, Din? <laughs> what do you want, man? We're at the restaurant. The server's at the table. You got a menu. What do you want, Din? <laughs> Put in your order. No appetizers. Get to the main course. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah. Very, very exciting. Great question, Adam. Uh, it's just Jeff, Nick, and Stephen M. Thank you all, Ken. Those are our questions on this episode of Cues of the Force. I love separating this out. Get to spend a lot of time on these wonderful questions. Thank you all for submitting those. If you have questions of your own, here's some ways to uh, find us and submit those questions. You can do it on Twitter when we put out a tweet. We put out a, a pinned tweet sometimes for these questions. Uh, look for that. Uh, you can follow us at Force Center Pod. We're also on Instagram and YouTube. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Podcasts available a lot of different spots, including uh, Acast, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio and others. Just search and you'll find us merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash center. You can follow me at CatNapsock and go to my website CatNapsock.com uh, Just uh, finalized got a big comedy show I'm part of on June 4th. We're looking ahead to June 4th, but it's going to be at Doug Weston's Troubadour, West Hollywood. I got I mean, Smothers Brothers were there. John Lennon was there. Elton John was there. And then I'm going to do five minutes of comedy there. It's, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. Look for information on my website. Uh, still highlighting some of the charities uh, focus out there. Uh, obviously a lot going on in the world. Uh, if you're uh, like me and just kind of, uh, tragically glued to updates from Ukraine. Uh, one good spot is an accredited charity is the Ukraine Crisis Relief Fund uh, by Global Give Giving. Go to globalgiving.org and get more information uh, there. Joseph, uh, what about you? Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshot. And you can check out my website, josephscrimshot.com for all of my other comedy adventures. Uh, but for now, uh, for myself, uh, for Ken, for the Darksaber, this has been Force Center.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.